You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Okay, so no surprise that um, the South African uh, Experience South African has uh, released its Consumer Index Quarter 1 and showing that South Africans are now missing and defaulting a lot more uh, with their loans. And to unpack all of this, Gerald Mwandambira is joining us, who's a certified financial advisor on the line to just uh, look at the impact COVID-19 has had on households and just how serious the defaulting of households is. Uh, Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and always a pleasure. So, how bad is the is the um, the scale of of how badly we are doing with paying and repayments of our loans? Well, I think it's it's a developing problem because at the moment, you know, with the payment holidays that were extended and the prolonged um, COVID nineteen pandemic, I think it's going to be a worsening situation. But the numbers on the Experian Consumer Default Index are already starting to show signs that people are indeed struggling with their finances. Would you define it as default if, if one had to negotiate this period? You said, you know, we, we, the banks have said, come forward, we can give you a payment holiday. Would that still be deemed and classified as a default when you look at the index? Um, essentially, no. It's not a default because it's an arrangement. However, um, a default is basically whenever you skip three months payment or 90 days, um, and already a lot of consumers were in financial distress before COVID um, pandemic came through. So the default numbers would not necessarily cover those people who got payment holidays. But remember, the people who got payment holidays were people who were already in good financial spending. So they were not behind. Um, otherwise, the, so, so it is a true reflection of what, where we are right now because the vast majority of credits um, where the credit active South Africans are currently um, falling behind on their payments. Okay, maybe let me ask it this way. W- when the study is conducted, is, is it an interview type of conversation or is it just looking at the, the graph and saying, well, these accounts have not been paying this particular loan and, and so you wouldn't have the background as to whether that was an arrangement or whether it was a default? No, it, it's essentially... Um, looking at the numbers. So yeah. once you miss one payment, yes. you are technically can be classified as in default. Yes. However, you're in default of the actual contract if you miss three payments. Ah, so this is uh, the view of the three months, uh, the period of three months. No, this is a view of some somebody skipping a payment. So okay. once you've skipped a payment, you've defaulted on your payment obligation. However, there is also another technical term, which is if you miss three payments, you've defaulted on your account, which means that they can go to the lawyers and actually pursue legal action. Okay. Then, then it comes back to my original question. So, mm-hmm. in other words, then how would we know whether somebody has defaulted or whether it was a payment holiday? Because it's not a conversation. No, no, no. It's no. Just payment a holidays would you... not be captured. Payment holidays are arrangements. So, remember, every month, the financial institutions report back to the credit agents, credit bureaus in mm-hmm. terms of your financial conduct. Mm-hmm. So if it's an arrangement, then it wouldn't be captured as a defaulted okay. payment. I understand. So, so then in terms of what we are seeing during this lockdown period and during this COVID-19, the defaulters, how, how much more have they grown? Okay, the number, I think it's grown up. I think the number, if I looked at it, is 4.1%. It's yes. gone up yes. year on year. Yes. And those are significant numbers when you look at the, the actual quantum involved. So um, 
it's still early days. That's what I was trying to explain earlier, that, you know, we're not out of the woods with regards to the COVID pandemic. Mm. And with regards to all the payment holidays, most people were granted three to four months. Mm -hmm. And all those payment holidays um, are starting to expire. And it's highly unlikely they will be extended. So Mm. you're now going to have a situation where those people who were on holiday have to start paying. But the COVID pandemic is still very much within um, the, the the scope of our finance finances right now. Mm. So it's likely that things will get worse before they get better. According to this index though, that they are raising alarms and saying that this is the worst they've seen in five years. That's that's obviously a big concern. Well, I think we're going to see a lot more. Mm. Um, we've seen bad numbers but I think they will worsen. Um, we're starting to also start to see the retrenchments coming through. Mm. I mean, if you look at other news reports, they're saying that the CCMA is handling a record volume um, of um, applications for Section 189 notices, which is retrenchment. And those have not happened yet. So you can imagine that when the people actually start getting retrenched, how that will translate to um, them being able to keep up to financial contracts. Gerald, looking at the scale of, of the problem and, and understanding that we are now obviously in, in a pandemic mode and this is quite a large problem, what, what are the likelihoods that some of these loans, and I'm sure they are secured loans, that they would be written off and then we would almost get a you know industry sector kind of writing off of these major loans so that we can all start over again? I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just dreaming, but what are the, what are the chances? I think your ch- the chances are not that great. Um, financial institutions are in the business of lending. And remember, they also report to shareholders. So them writing off every debt in South Africa is highly unlikely to, um, to happen. Um, what it will probably mean is that a, vast, a large number of South Africans may end up with um, impairments, um, um, flags on their profiles, which means that they are no longer credit worthy. Um, and that's probably what's likely to happen. Um, a, a blanket write-off, unless the government or treasury was to step in and pay everyone's debts, um, it's, it's highly unlikely. Remember, when you go into a financial contract, um, regardless of the fact that you didn't foresee um, COVID, the COVID pandemic, you entered in good faith that you would pay that debt. And if you default on it, um, there will be legal ramifications down the line. Yeah. And maybe my question to you comes back to the securing of those loans. In other words, if those loans were insured, could that not be something that banks could look at and, and, and you know, claiming on those loans because they are now such such a large volume of defaulters? Because, yes, they're in the business of lending, but they're also, you don't want to risk the business either. So isn't there a way of getting that money back from the insurance? Well, if you've got credit life, that's the purpose of having credit life insurance. But um, a lot of older financial contracts, which have been enforced for a while, um, do not have credit life. Mm -hmm. Um, Most newer financial contracts in the last two or three years would have given you that option to select it or you'd have been highly recommended to take it up. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the only recourse in terms of um, debts being paid by some sort of insurance Mm -hmm. policy. Um, however, the vast majority of all the contracts um, do not have credit life. So, yes, um, if, it, uh, if it was secured lending, you might start seeing um, attachments of property. Um, but for the vast majority of the unsecured lending book, it would lead to people um, getting court judgments against them or having to go before magistrates and, and to make arrangements to settle their debts. 
We, we've seen in the past, Gerald, where, where banks get bailouts and it doesn't trickle down to the man on the street. And maybe I'm, I'm headed there in saying, uh, w- what's likely to happen going forward? If, if banks are seeing this number of people who are unable to pay and it becomes quite a big burden on the sector, what's likely to happen? Look, now that's speculative territory. Um, okay. I think the, the, the authorities on that kind of commentary would probably be the Banking Association mm. um, or Treasury because they would have a view in terms of um, the global um, viewpoint of what's happening at a macro level. I, I wouldn't be comfortable commenting on and speculating on that kind of action happening on air, but it would be something which would be discussed at Treasury or Banking Association level. However, you, we need to just still remember that a financial contract is that, a contract, and the banks operate um, within a risk framework, and obviously they can write off their debts, but you having a debt written off does not necessarily make you scot-free. It simply means that the bank has written off the debt for their shareholders, but you have a credit-impaired record, and until you repay or settle that amount, you will not be credit-active or able to borrow again. 891 I'll take your calls if you have any questions and maybe you want some clarity on your situation, your personal situation with regards to yourself and your bank and that contract that uh, Gerald is so um, talking about right now. I'll also take the WhatsApp notes as well on 0614-104-107. You know, Gerald, I mean, we always get the sense that there just is no sympathy. There is no empathy on the side of the this contract that uh, is just always held up as we've got a contract and, you know, you must hold your end of the bargain. I, I, I'm just not sure whether there is any leniency and understanding on the other on the other part as we said if we all understand we're in a pandemic we all understand that people have lost their jobs or perhaps you're in a sector that is still locked down surely those are conditions you can present and say well guys it's really tough and and you know i can't pay look i think there's a lot of empathy which has been already extended i mean payment holidays by by their nature should are not part of the contract but obviously, yes, you are raising a point that this particular issue is going to affect a lot of South Africans and a lot of people are going to fall um, into this particular challenge of not being able to meet their financial obligations. Um, I, I think it might need to become a political discussion before you start getting any of these blanket waivers happening. Um, but unfortunately... Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a business decision and a contract is exactly that. You must also remember that when you sign that contract, you've either enjoyed the money that was extended to you or are currently enjoying the asset which you you bought. So um, it's it's a give and take in that you are enjoying the asset or you've used the, the money which was advanced to you and now you're asking for empathy on paying it back. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the borrowers will need to meet the lenders halfway. And when that happens, obviously, agreements and settlements can be found. All right. Um, I've got a uh, message here. Uh, what about credit insurance? I think you dealt with that to say that you would have had to have taken out the credit insurance. If you haven't, then there is there's no helping you there. I mean, we can't discuss it after the fact, right? Yes, you can't um, take it out after the fact. No, it has to be taken out at inception of the agreement. All right. Let's take some voice notes. All right. We're still busy just loading those, Gerald. 
for for companies that have possibly gone into an arrangement and they were given the payment holiday, right? And 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 they maybe expected that the lockdown will ease pressure on them uh, and be lifted. Let's just say maybe, I don't know, it's a restaurant and we find ourselves at a situation where perhaps the lockdown has not completely eased uh, pressure on them because there are certain conditions that will make it difficult for them to meet some requirements and, and will just maybe never open again. What conversation should that individual be having with their banker to say, it looks now like we are now never going to return. Just help us through that negotiation. Look, I think, yes, there are going to be some of those difficult discussions where, you know, you've had your payment holiday and there's simply a chance that the business will fail. Mm. Um, the question you're asking, will businesses fail because of COVID-19? Yes. Um, there will be small businesses which won't be able to recover from um, the pandemic. I think when you are negotiating, what you need to try and protect um, is your identity whether it's um, your personal ID or your juristic ID, so that you can remain operational. So I, what am I saying? If you are going to be in that situation, try and find an arrangement or a negotiation. That doesn't mean that you end up with impaired credit or a listing with the credit bureaus. This will at least give you um, some breathing space in order to find something else to do or to reinvent yourself. Um, if you do not actually go into those negotiations, um, or speak to the people you owe, they can go to the court and actually end up getting listings on you. You can end up being sequestrated um, or your business can end up being blacklisted. And that's really what you don't want. So what I'm saying is if you see that the Titanic is going to go down, rather go and protect your name and live to fight another day than to lose your name and your ability to pick yourself up. All right, let's, uh, we've got some voice notes. Let's just take a listen, Gerald. Banks have actually agreed to retrospectively apply the Credit um, Insurance Act um, prior to 2017 approved loans, but I'm not sure if it applies to home loans as well. Please verify because we have been retrenched. Hi, Pamelo. It's Selvan Gamda from Durban. I would just like to ask, to ask the guest, during this COVID-19 relief break, for the stipulated months that we got this relief, can the banks or the different agents drop the interest off of these amounts and not charge us interest for this COVID-19 months? Pay the normal installment, but when extended, drop the interest off. Is it possible? Thank you. Gerald, I don't know if you got both questions. Yes, um, the first one was um, a lady who was saying that the banks have, or she knows that banks have agreed to allow people to take credit life um, retrospectively. retrospectively yes um, that one I don't I, I cannot confirm because I do not represent any of the banks um, however what I would recommend is that she take up the conversation with her individual bankers uh, similarly the gentleman said after the payment holiday can um, for future debt accrue no interest Again, interest is a business decision. That is how the financial institutions function. But you must also realize that um, at this particular point, the prime lending rate is at the lowest it's been in decades. So you're pretty much paying, I think it's 3.25 base rate lending rate right now. So they are pretty low, the interest rates right now. I think um, any discussion I would put on air right now, you have around your personal finances, please address it with your um, counterparty or your bank 
or your financial institution because they tend to look at everything on an individual basis. Um, this is when they tend to look at your history and your profile. How much have you paid back of the amount you borrowed? How well have you been paying? Have you been skipping payments? All these factors um, then come to the fore and help them to make a decision on whether to assist you further or whether to say, look, um, before COVID-19, you were not a great client. You were not doing that well. Um, perhaps it's time to part ways or sometimes where it's a situation where you were one of um, a good payer, always on time, you've almost cleared your loan or you've almost cleared your debt. Certain arrangements can be made to, to pre- preserve your status. So any discussion with regarding to your finance, financial situation and debts right now, please take it up with your financial institution and do it sooner rather than later. Don't call them when they, when they are looking for you. Rather, step forward and almost um, foretell or foresee what's happening in your finances so that they can be able to assist you. Errol, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. Hi. Kamala, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear. Go ahead, Errol. Okay, um, I don't know if this really relates to what you people are talking about, but um, uh, the pensioners in the post office haven't been paid their subsidies by the post office okay. for, the, for the medical aid. Okay. And uh, this has been going on for about three months. Would right. these pensioners be responsible at the end of the day for the, for the difference in the gap? I don't know. And yet right. the medical aid has told us that we will still get full medical cover, even though you know the subsidies haven't been paid. Well, I was just wondering what what would happen to us. Hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, Errol. Let's just give. Let me give Gerald a, 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 a time to respond. I don't know if he's if he can respond to this. If not, we'll we'll take it up, Errol, and and try and sort it okay, out for fine. you. Okay. Okay, uh, Gerald. Is, is there any anything that you're able to add to that? Unfortunately, I don't have any information on that particular topic. Um, pensions, etc., would sound like it's the Treasury or Department yes. of Social Welfare discussion. All right, no problem. We'll sort it out ourselves. Anonymous, you're calling from KZN. Hi, Pamela. Hi, go ahead, Anonymous. Yes, I have a problem. I'm a client of RCS. Before the lockdown started, I was up to date with the, with the credit life insurance. And I called them that I said, I can see that I won't be able to make the payment. While I was up to date, mm. they said they can't help me. I'm confused. When does the, the credit life help me? Because I'm paying more than half a cent. Even now, I am camping. I'm still behind, even though I'm trying to catch up. But my credit life insurance didn't help me with anything. Because I, I tried to arrange saying that I'm struggling, they said they can't help me. And now they're, they're calling me every day well, while I'm paying my monthly, I'm trying to pay my the monthly, some monthly amount. Yeah. G- Gerald? Is there a need for me to continue co-paying the, the credit life insurance, the more than 100 percent, which didn't help me when, when I asked for the help, for, for it to help me at that time? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Gerald, do you respond to that? Look, um, I obviously sympathize um, with the caller, but um, because they're dealing with a particular institution, that discussion would need to be carried out with that um, lending institution. Um, One of the things I would probably point out to um, other listeners is that um, you being behind or failing to meet your payment obligations is not a right for the 
it's not a given right for you to demand a payment holiday or to demand some sort of um, leniency. It depends on each business and how they um, service their clients. So but- as much as I have empathy, um, he did communicate to the, to the lending institution that he cannot pay. If the matter does end up in a situation where he's listed or is going to be listed, he can take it up with the credit ombudsman and provide evidence that this shouldn't have happened because he's been communicating. Gerald, I think the detail here where where he's looking for advice is he's saying the credit insurance is the one he reached out to, which he has been paying before he reached a, 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 a crisis. And he's wondering if he should continue paying credit insurance because when he needed the credit insurance to come through, they just didn't, uh, um, you know, didn't pay through. I would advise him probably to carry on with the credit insurance yes. because it might come in handy in the future. Um, however, you know, it's a difficult discussion. You can't ask for a payment holiday from the debt as well as a payment holiday from the insurance. Something needs to continue being paid and normally the insurance needs to remain in force. No, hang on. The guy is saying, I'm paying and I'm struggling to pay, uh, you know, my debt, but I am paying. But I hoped that my credit insurance was going to support me because I'm struggling to pay. Oh. So he's mm-hmm. saying, what recourse does he have and why should he continue to pay credit insurance if this credit insurance is unable to now help him okay. mitigate the crisis right now? Okay, I think one of the things we need to realize is that credit life or credit insurance has terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. Normally, you'd need to be out of employment, mm-hmm. i.e. retrenched, mm-hmm. or you'd need to die. I... Credit insurance is not there to assist you with paying. It's, <laughs> it's conditions that are normally very specific. Either a, a, an insurable event must happen, mm. which is your death, your disability, or your retrenchment. But simply being struggling with payment, mm-hmm. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't step in. Sure. All right, Gerald, please just hang on for a second because there are a few other people who want to ask you some questions while we go quickly to the headlines at 2.30 with Uti Lesako. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Hi, uh, Pamela. Um, it's Tabo here from Fostoras. Uh, Pamela, man, could you please man, uh, ask the gentleman there, man? I'm not sure if maybe uh, the question that I'm going to raise, maybe he'll be able to answer. But if possible, please, man. Uh, I've applied for a, a, a relief fund from my bank. I had a loan with them. So now what is happening on that relief farm? They gave me a loan, but they call it a, 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 a relief fund loan, which they charged me 7.25% rate on that uh, uh, account. So I don't understand now if maybe like they're going to charge me while they say they relieve me. I don't understand, man. Can you please maybe explain, man? Because I, I, I really don't understand, really. Thanks. All right. So Gerald Mwanambira is a certified financial advisor. We're discussing just trying to navigate this very difficult time and your debt, managing your debt and how you can get support and, and what it is that you qualify for. Some of the answers are not very, you, Gerald, is, you're, you're not very popular this afternoon, but you're here nonetheless <laughs> to give us a very bad news. So you, I just want us to, before we answer this particular question, go back to the cover itself, the, the financial, the insurance, the credit insurance. We know that there had been cases recently where um, insurance companies 
were right at liberty to say, no, you're not covered. Your business is not covered for what we now see as a pandemic. But then one insurance company said, well, in fact, yes, it's not in the contract, but this is a pandemic. So we are now going to offer our customers relief because we understand that nobody anticipated this. In a case like this, I mean, even though this insurance cover covers for death, for instance, and loss of income, in other words, you're unemployed, where it's a pandemic and you can prove that, yes, I may still be employed, but I've lost 70% of my income. There have been payment cuts. Isn't there flexibility there? Look, I think the, the argument, the discussion we can have here is a moral discussion. Yeah. Um, and each individual business has its own business processes and is in a different financial health. Yeah. So a business that's been doing well, maybe in good financial health, can extend um, such relief to their clients and one that might not be in such good shape might not. So mm. it depends on who you, um, who your financial Yeah. Yeah. Gonna... Moral discussion, but, you know, we can't also have... Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to move around a little bit, Gerald. Your line is just uh, giving up on us. Uh, are you able to hear me now? Yes, I am. All right. The, so let's just assist the gentleman who sent a voice note here saying that the so-called relief was now a loan um, at the interest rate of 7.25%. Is that okay? Is that is that normal? Should he, you know, should he be raising eyebrows? I think, look, remember when when you're offered this relief, it's, it's not compulsory. And you, too, you take it... Um, based on the information they have, which is one of the points which I was trying to make, that all individuals must seek financial advice from a financial planning professional or somebody who's in the know to help them make these decisions. Um, you know, you, there's, if you do not want or do not accept the terms of the release that is being offered to you, you don't have to accept it. But you do realize that you need to keep up with your payments if you can't. But Ger- Gerald, let's help us out here a little bit because if if money has been handed down, top down, right, and it is in the name of a COVID relief fund, surely what we are expecting is that it also trickles down in the same vein. So banks can't make money if they themselves were just given a fund, a relief fund, or or should they? And are they, you know, are they at liberty to? Well, what I do understand is banks were not given relief funds for themselves. They were given money to lend out on behalf of government um, to their clients. Now, these funds were on a 50-50 basis in terms of um, the risk being carried by the state and the bank itself. Yes. So, and, and was there a cap on the interest rate that can be charged? Um, I, don't, I do not know that particular process. Unfortunately, again, the, the banking-related questions, I would recommend uh, someone from BASA because I wouldn't be in a position to comment. Mm. Eunice, thanks very much for calling. You're calling from Potchestroom, I think. Hi. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling from Potchestroom. I'd like to ask, Gerald, uh, landlords are supposed to be helping their tenants in in the sense that, uh, uh, as I'm given to understand, uh, you cannot issue summons for rentals that have not been paid uh, during the COVID period. Now, if if... Uh, landlords are compelled to assist in this way. Why aren't the banks being compelled to assist? <laughs> I, I think I know what you're going to say, Gerald. Do you want to respond? 
uh, my response is again, it's clear that each 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 individual bank in South Africa is an individual business with its own risk. Oh, but profile. I don't, uh, with respect, Gerald, I don't think that's an answer. I don't think you should come onto air with those kind of answers. We want to know okay, as for, landlords, we are compelled. We are compelled to assist. Why aren't the banks being compelled to assist? The banks give you a loan, but it's it, there's an interest rate, and you got to pay that loan back. And they okay, only um, loan you money. They, they loan you money to pay their own things. You they're giving you money to pay your bond, which belongs to them. They give you money to pay your car, which belongs to them. They give you money to pay your property, which belongs to them. So what's the big deal? I, I sympathize with you, unfortunately, but I'm I'm on air as a financial planning professional and not as a yeah, representative but we don't, we, no, I of understand the bank, it, but industry. in some states so, you've got to make a commitment. We we don't we don't what we what we need is we we want people to be treated equally. You, uh, we don't need sympathy. We need people to be treated equally. Why okay, are we compelled by legislation to help our tenants? We're not supposed I, to issue summons against them, but the banks can do. They got free will. So why don't you spend time going out and finding out these things and then come on to air? Thanks. I think you're talking about things which are happening happening at an industry association level. The property industry is represented by its own association, just like the banking sector. Now, for me to comment on the behavior of a particular sector without that mandate, um, regardless of why I'm on air, I would rather not air my personal opinion. Yes, I understand your point, that you feel that the property industry is is being compelled to give um, relief to tenants, and why aren't banks doing the same? Um, Unfortunately, um, what I would recommend is for SAFM to get someone from the Banking Association to have this chat, and you can call in and have that direct question to that representative of the banking sector. If you need advice on your personal finances in terms of decisions you might need to take, I'm happy to share my opinion. But in terms of a blanket opinion on an industry which I do not represent, I think you're being unfair in expecting me to have a comment. All right. Gerald Mwanda-Diambira, he's a certified advise, uh, financial advisor, and we were just talking, really, this came from uh, the back of uh, an index, a consumer default index, that uh, checked that uh, in the past quarter, we had defaulted uh, 4.1% uh, of us were defaulting on our loans. Yes, it's still early days, but um, we were told that it's going to get worse before it gets better. So we were having that conversation. And the idea was to try and assist us in how not to default and how not to find ourselves in deeper water. It, it's definitely not an easy conversation. And, and, I'm, and I'm afraid, of, us, of course, Gerald was not going to be popular because he's not telling us what we want to hear. What I think will be helpful is for us to bring in other stakeholders because I have similar questions that you have. And yes, I think many of these have not been answered. So maybe we need to get other stakeholders to answer some of the questions. For instance, how much can we cover, you know, that credit insurance? Uh, Can it be retrospective? All of those questions need to be answered by somebody. I can tell you now from what we are seeing, many of us don't have the satisfactory answers that we, we were told we would get from our bank. So there is lip service about how banks were going to support. But on the ground, people don't have great stories to tell. So we have to get the answers. And uh, we're going to do our best to try and get the appropriate answers from the relevant people.